0: Thanks for tuning into the Refuge Church Sermon Podcast. It's our prayer that the Spirit would use God's Word to stir your affections for Christ during this time. While we're glad to provide this online content, please remember that it's not intended to replace commitment and connection within a local church family. Now, here's this week's message. Good morning. So, um... Uh... Kids, you're more than welcome to head out. Uh, we do have Elevate. I did see some workers out there. And Kids Refuge, we do have elementary gospel community this morning, so third through fifth grade. So feel free to, to head on out if you're of the appropriate age. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Joel Waymack. I'm one of the elders here at Refuge. Um, Trey is normally up here preaching and teaching, um, but right now we're switching off between the elders as we go through the current sermon series that we're in which is on the personal disciplines of the Christian life. Um, eventually, we're going to actually jump back into First John. If you remember, we were in First John for a long period of time, and then Advent hit, and then Christmas, and now we're talking about the personal disciplines, and then eventually we're going to jump back into First John. So if you're wondering where First John went, I promise he's coming back. But this morning, like I said, we're going to be talking about the personal disciplines again. Last week, Trey opened us up and started talking through what does it mean for us as Christians? to study God's Word, to understand it, to know it. And then this morning, what we're going to be looking at is, what does it mean for us to dwell on Scripture, to meditate on it, to think it through, and to have it really dwell deeply in our lives through meditation? So, that's what we're looking at. Next couple weeks, we're also going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking about stewardship. And so, I encourage you, keep coming back. Keep thinking through these things. What does it mean for us as Christians to really dwell in and know God personally. So let me pray for us and we'll, we'll jump in this morning. Father God, I thank you that you are good and gracious, that you continue to work in our lives. I thank you that Jesus isn't done with us when he simply brings us into his kingdom, but he continues to refine and shape who we are, our convictions, our loves, our desires, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're at work transforming us into the image of Jesus. I pray that this morning as we talk about the discipline of meditation, that Spirit, you will work in our minds to help us understand more of what we're talking about. But I also pray that Spirit, you draw our affections toward you so that we will love you more, that we will long for you, and we will see joy in relationship with you. I pray all this in the name of Jesus, who is our Lord and our King. Amen. So, Like I said, this morning we're jumping in and we're talking about the discipline of meditation. And I'll be honest, when we talk about the personal disciplines or the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life, it may make us feel kind of uneasy uh, for some of us who haven't been exposed to them very much. But I found uh, in my walk with God, in understanding who He is and what He is doing, that the personal disciplines that we talk about year after year after year, it's part of the regular rhythm of our church, have been incredibly fruitful in my own life. And so this morning, we're looking at meditation. So if you want to open up your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Psalm 119, verses 97 to 104. And so I'm going to read it now. I'm also going to read it later on um, as we're kind of walking this through. But I wanted to read it now at the very beginning to give you something to kind of be, be chewing on as we're talking. So this is, once again, Psalm 119, uh, verse Verses 97 through 104. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil, evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So we've been responding differently. Uh, I'm going to say, the grass withers and the flower fades, and then you can respond by saying, but the word of the Lord stands forever. The grass withers and the flower fades. Amen. So we're looking at the personal disciplines. We're looking at what does it mean to study God's word? What does it mean to meditate on him and his actions and his commands? What does it mean to commune with him in prayer? And what does it mean to trust him in stewardship? And I also wanna be honest, the, the personal disciplines that we're going through during this series um, are just a small snippet of what the Christian life looks like. These are just a few of the practices of the Christian life that God calls us to Um, But these are the the disciplines that we think as elders are helpful for us to kind of cover year after year as we continue to build our relationship with God. It's important to understand that the personal disciplines are all about us growing in our relationship with God. Doing these things doesn't make us Christians. It's only through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection on our behalf that we become right with God. The personal disciplines are about us growing in our relationship, strengthening our relationship, building and communing with God, but they aren't how we enter into relationship with God. That is through Jesus and Jesus alone, his life, death, and resurrection. And so it's always important that when we start talking about things that we're doing in the Christian life, that we understand these things don't make us Christians. These things help build within us deep, intimate fellowship with God. And when I think about deep fellowship with God, I think back to Genesis 2. So picture in your mind, Genesis 2, if you've read it before, Adam and Eve are in the garden. God has placed them there, and they are walking with God in the cool of the day, learning from him, growing with him, communing with him in deep personal fellowship. This is exactly what God is calling us to in the Christian life. He wants us to commune with him in deep, personal fellowship as well. And that's what the personal disciplines are all about. When we think about this personal relationship with God, Scripture talks about it a lot in a lot of different ways. When we actually see these elements of relationship come up in Scripture, like I said, Genesis 2, we see this right relationship with God, where Adam and Eve are communing with God, walking with him, learning with him face to face. And then we see in chapter 3, everything goes awry. Relationship with God is broken. It's sundered. Adam and Eve rebel, and then we as their descendants continue to rebel against God. But God has reconciled us or made us right with him in relationship. So, Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 through 22 actually talks about this reestablishment or this reconciliation of relationship that we have with God. It says Paul says, For in him, in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, you and me, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, rebelling against God— He has now reconciled, made our relationship with him right in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Reconciliation with God is what Christ has accomplished on our behalf. He's mended, he's fixed the broken relationship, he has paid the price for our rebellion, and it's through Jesus that our relationship with God is mended and it's right and it's restored. That is not the goal of the, of the personal disciplines. The personal disciplines is the deepening and enriching of this relationship that Jesus has restored for us. So with that, before we start talking even about meditation, there's an important question that I think we also need to answer. When I think about God, when I think about who he is and what he's done, do I think about him in personal relational terms. To put it another way, when I think about the Christian life, when I think about faith, am I thinking about it in terms of like an intellectual exercise? Am I thinking about it in terms of just like this is a social thing that I do, I go to church? Or when I think about the Christian life, do I think about it in terms of this is my God who has saved and redeemed me? who I am now in relationship with. I, I ask you this not to make you feel antsy, but to ask you to be honest with yourself. If we don't see God in relational terms, then pursuing him in the personal disciplines really means nothing. Because if the disciplines are all about us growing in our relationship with him, then we have to understand that we need to be in relationship with him for that to occur. Another thing I wanna talk, talk about before we get to the discipline of meditation, and I'll, I'll also preface this with, I'm just following in Trey's footsteps. He did this last week too. He, put a, <laughs> he went through and he talked a lot about the disciplines before he got to the discipline of study. And it, the reason why we do this every single time we, we go through the disciplines is because we have to make sure we set the right focus, the right tone, the right understanding before we actually get to these practices. So the other thing I wanna talk about when it comes to the personal disciplines, is that fellowship with God is the goal of the personal disciplines. And we want to see joy and love and devotion spring forth, a delighting in God through the disciplines. But we also use the term disciplines for a specific reason. that we don't always feel love and joy and delight in doing these things. There are ways in which we continue to build our relationship with God, but sometimes, if I'm completely honest, they feel a little bit like drudgery. Sometimes. I don't always feel delight when I'm reading my Bible, or when I'm meditating on God, or when I'm praying, or I'm practicing stewardship in my life. My hope is that they are. My hope is that delight is always what's coming out in these things. But I also know that sin is at war in me and that the things of God and delighting in Him and being in relationship with Him doesn't always bring about the fruit of delight and joy in my life. And I just wanna be honest with myself, and I wanna be honest with you, that part of why we use the term disciplines is sometimes these are just habits that we need to continue to work through because we're in a season of life where the joy that comes from them may be difficult to see. And I wanna say, that's okay. If it's a long period, years, and you see no joy in the Christian life, please come talk to the elders. <laughs> I'm concerned for you. But also, I want to say it's okay. Sometimes these are habits that we just continue to work through because we know that we're in a season where joy isn't the natural outspring of these. And so, just like going to the gym or maybe getting back into the routine of reading on a regular basis, or maybe it's a, a specific diet or cleaning or all sorts of things where we have specific habits that we build into our lives. That's what, we, that's what we're talking about when we talk about the Christian disciplines. Sometimes these things bring joy. Sometimes we're in a season where they don't, but we continue to form these habits because we know that relationship with God is key and these help us grow in our relationship, okay? So this morning, we're talking about, like I said, the discipline of Christian meditation. And I'll be honest, when I first heard people talk about Christian meditation, I was a little, um, a little concerned. I was like, what, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Why, why would I sit there and just empty my mind or something like that? And I think it's important to note that when we talk about Christian meditation, we're talking about something quite a bit different than Eastern meditation that you might uh, be more familiar with. Um, I've been, so I work in the tech industry and there's a lot of leaders in tech, so people like Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft, Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, um, who talk about meditation a lot. They talk about going off to the Himalayas and going on these retreats where they empty themselves and become one with the universe, and I'm like, that's not Christian meditation at all. That's not what we're doing here, that's not what we're talking about. When we talk about Christian meditation, we're talking about filling ourselves with God, with his commands, his loves, his desires, and ultimately his word, what he has given as revelation of himself. So when we talk about Christian meditation, I just wanna be clear, we're not talking about emptying ourselves, we're talking actually about filling ourselves with the word of God, and so that kind of gets us to our passage for today. So once again, this is Psalm 119. Um, it's a section, a portion of Psalm 119. The entirety of Psalm 119 is all about God's word, His law, and how good and wonderful and perfect and joyous and great it is. Um, Psalm 119, if you didn't know, is actually the longest chapter in the Bible. It's actually longer than a good number of the books of the Bible. It's really, really, really long. All I can say is whoever the psalmist was that wrote this really, really, really loved the law of the Lord. And the reason why we're focusing in on this passage this morning when we're talking about and we're thinking through Christian meditation is because the psalmist is rejoicing and meditating on God's law. He's rejoicing on what Christian meditation, what our lives should look like when we're practicing this discipline. So let me read it again so you can be thinking through it. So once again, Psalm 119, starting at verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through, through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. The psalmist is rejoicing in the word of God, in God's law, in his precepts in what God has done, and how God has communicated these things. Notice in every single verse in this passage, every single verse, the object of the psalmist's meditation. It's God's law, God's commandment, God's testimonies, God's precepts, God's word, God's rules, God's words, God's precepts. Every single passage, every single verse in this passage, the focus is on God's word what he has revealed of himself. So the psalmist is meditating day and night, over and over and over again, all day long, on God's testimonies, on God's precepts, on God's law, what God has given. And notice the outworking of this, the hopeful outworking of Christian meditation and all the disciplines. brings joy. The psalmist is enraptured with God the object and foundation of Christian meditation is the same as what the psalmist is talking about here. We're to reflect and understand and meditate on God's word, what he, he has revealed himself to be. So you may say, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. I was here last week. Last week we talked about studying the discipline of study, studying God's word, and I'm not sure what the difference between these two is. Let's. let's very fair. I think the first thing we need to know is that in the Christian life, when we talk about the spiritual disciplines, we aren't talking about a whole bunch of distinct, completely distinct and separate practices. Actually, when we talk about the Christian disciplines, we're talking about different ways and aspects in which our lives uh, continue to build and conform to the image of Jesus, and that these, a lot of these practices overlap with one another. And that kind of makes sense when we think about them because these disciplines are all about us growing in our relationship with God. And when you think about growing in your relationship with anyone, I'm guessing that you're thinking about various ways that all kind of fit together in which you grow in relationship with others. So that makes sense, at least in my mind, that these Christian disciplines will have overlap. But, to be fair, yeah, I think there is some distinction here between the Christian discipline of study, studying God's Word, and the Christian discipline of meditating on God's Word. When I think about study, I think about helping us understand what God's Word says. That means like reading, understanding the original context, understanding who is writing it and to whom that person is writing it, understanding what's going on in society during that time period, understanding the the various themes that are flowing throughout the Bible that are impacting the the verses that I'm reading, seeing how all the sections come together to to tell a grand story, all that, to me, is what we talk about when we talk about the discipline of study. But when we talk about the discipline of meditation, I think of that as taking God's Word and ingraining it deeply in my own life, so that my thoughts, my words, the way I think about things are based off of what God's word says, not what I think. It's a, it's a difference in how it's applied. One is for us to know God's word. The other one is for us to live out and live in God's word. When I think about how this plays out, there's a, I was trying to think of like what, what are some practical ways that I've seen this happening in my own life in other areas? And so I was thinking back to uh, when I went to college. So I'm a software developer. I went to college for four years, got my certificate, you know, and said, okay, now I know everything in the world, right? So I could, I'm ready for a job. And so uh, I remember going to my job, my first job, and I remember um, thinking, okay, I've been studying this for four years. Of course I know what I'm going to be doing. I remember getting a very, very simple task the first week, very simple programming task, and it taking me about two days to complete. And I was just like racking my brain like, I I, th- I think this is right, et cetera. Um, and I look back on that and I laugh. I laugh now because I had spent four years studying, knowing intellectually how to program, how to do my job. But now looking back after years and years of experience of like actually really just That's part of how I think now. I look back on that and I just laugh because it took me so long to do something it would take me mere minutes to do now. I see that as the exact same thing when we talk about study versus meditation in the Christian life. When we talk about study in the Christian life, we're talking about understanding and knowing God's word. When we talk about meditation, we're talking about it becoming ingrained deeply in our lives so that it is how God's truth comes out of us in every aspect. It's a different way of thinking, a different way of living, of understanding and knowing. And I think it takes both, both study and meditation in our lives for us to truly understand God's word, to know it, to contemplate it, and to continue to live rightly in relationship with him because it's taking what God has said and it's true and it's letting it dwell deeply within us. So let me talk a little bit about the practical aspects of meditation. So the psalmist says that he loves the law and that it's his meditation all day long. And I think when I read that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever you say, all day long. Uh-huh. But I've, I've started to realize over the past few years that meditation on God's word is something that can happen in our lives all day long. It's a lot like prayer where we can be in constant communication with God all day long. We can also be dwelling and meditating on his word all day long. And I found that for me, once again, this is me, so I'm just kind of trying to give you some practical ideas of what I'm talking about and what we're talking about when we talk about Christian meditation. I found one of the, one of the easiest ways for me to be meditating on God's word is to memorize small snippets of scripture and then as I'm doing the regular mundane things of life, start repeating it to myself over and over again. So for instance, when I'm mowing the lawn and have nothing else to do with my time, I just start reciting scripture to myself, thinking it through, dwelling on it, letting it sit in me. Or when I'm taking lots of time to feed my baby daughter or morning and evening bottles, sitting there, don't have a whole lot going on, meditating on God's word. Or when I'm exercising, or when I'm washing the dishes, or I'm folding the laundry, I want to be careful of us saying that to rightly meditate on God's word, I have to be sitting there removing everything else from my life. It doesn't seem what the, that doesn't seem like it's what the psalmist is talking about here. He's talking about dwelling on God's word all day long. And so I think that part of the Christian life and part of the dis- discipline of meditation is just letting God's word sit with us in the regular aspects of life and continuing to dwell on it and think on it and letting it soak us. So, like I said, what I generally do is I take a passage and I repeat it over and over and over again. And I think about who God is in relation to to this passage. How is God revealing himself? Who am I in relation to this passage? What is God revealing about about me? What do I need to trust God more in? How is he communicating that in this passage? What do I need to confess to God through this passage? How should I be conforming my, my actions and my thoughts and my words and my loves? In accordance with this passage. So one of the passages that I love to meditate on is Psalm 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. It's something that I, as I'm mowing, I can just be saying that over and over and over again to myself. And through it, God reminds me, You're not in control. I am. I can stop my my striving. I can cease. I can rest in Him, knowing that He is good, that He is loving, that He is in control, and that I can exalt and worship Him, and that that's a good thing. And so, meditating on that verse brings me peace and continues to strengthen my relationship with Him. And so, like I said, I found that over the years memorizing scripture, small passages that I can meditate on on a regular basis has been vital to my faith. Things like, so passages like Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, trusting in the Lord's wisdom. Or when I need to cult- cultivate awe in who Jesus is and what he's done, I start reciting Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. When I need to, need to be reminded of God's mercy, I, re- I recite 1 John 1, 9. When I need to dwell on the work that he has called me to, I start reciting Romans twelve nine through 13. When I need to remember what, that God has been faithful and he will continue to be faithful, I look back to the Exodus, in Exodus 20, verse 1, the beginning of the Ten Commandments. And I find that as I'm dwelling, as I'm meditating on God's word, he is continuing to build within me a desire, a love, a longing for him, for his goodness and his ways. Like the author of Psalm 119, I can tell you from personal experience that I see great goodness in meditating on the law of God. And I wanna encourage you as one of your elders, like you can experience this joy, this deepness, this richness of faith too by meditating on God's word. That's why we talk about it year after year after year. Every single year we talk about the personal disciplines and we talk about meditation for this purpose. It's for cultivating the inner life with God. So before we end our time together in talking about meditation, I also want to point out something that's important when it comes to the Christian disciplines. We can we talk a lot about personal relationship with God through the disciplines. And that is good and that's right. That's what they're there for. It's cultivating our personal relationship with him, a deep abiding and dwelling in God. But the personal disciplines are never simply about just me and Jesus. We are a people that have been brought together by our God. When we confess Jesus as Lord, we're drawn into a new family together. You and I are brothers and sisters. We're all in the household of God. And when there are—I'm i, know, I I'm guessing that you understand this, but when there are strained relationships within a family, everyone in the family suffers. If you and God our Father are estranged, it's going to affect me and my relationship with him too because we are corporately one body. When I am no longer seeking after my brother Jesus— it's going to affect you, my brothers and sisters as well, because we are in corporate relationship with one another. It affects everyone in our family, everyone in our body, when we are not pursuing relationship with God, because we are also in a single household together. Likewise, when you are pursuing God through the personal disciplines, you are bolstering my faith as well, because I see God working in you and through you, and God likewise is pouring wisdom and knowledge into your life so that you can speak truth into my own life. The personal disciplines are never just about me and Jesus. The personal disciplines are about me and Jesus and the bride, and that's important. There's There's an impetus here for me to love my brothers and sisters well by pursuing a right relationship with God. So as we cultivate our relationship with God, as his word dwells deeply in us through meditation on his revelation, as our words and our thoughts conform to his, we're able to love and to serve and to care and to counsel our our brothers and our sisters well. So let me leave you with this. This week, meditate on God's Word. Join together with me. If you say, I don't know where to start, sim- simply this. Grab a verse from Scripture, write it on a note card, and stick it someplace that you see on a regular basis. For me, that's my, the bathroom mirror. I always stick up new verses on my bathroom mirror. And take the practical step this week of when you see that, recite it over and over and over again to yourself. Think it through. Understand it. Dwell in it. And my hope is this, this week, as we together continue to practice the discipline of meditation, that we grow in our relationship with God through understanding and dwelling on his word. So that we can declare together, as the psalmist does, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are good and gracious and loving. That you have not called us into relationship with you and then let us flounder, but instead you have continued to guide us in your ways. Spirit, I pray that this week, as we continue to pursue you in relationship, that you will continue to build within us a longing and a desire The word, and that it will dwell deeply and richly in us through personal communion with you. I pray this because Jesus has died, He has risen again, He has reconciled us, and we long to be in deep relationship. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Building our identity in Christ for the sake of the world. That's the mission of Refuge Church. For more information, visit us online at seekrefuge.net.